Welcome to Software Defined Talk. Today, I'm joined by George Castro. George, tell the people who you are and why you're here. Hi, I am George Castro, uh, and I'm a uh, open source community manager, and I've been working on a passion project called Project Bluefin, and Matt wanted to talk about it, so here I am. Yeah, yeah. So so I think I think to kick things off with, with Project Bluefin, George, your job today is to convince me to go back to Linux on the desktop. It's that's a tough road. It's so, so the, Kubernetes wasn't hard enough. I had yeah, to go, yeah. Well, I'm I had I'm to go harder. Kubernetes. I, I I got I got it running. I got it running here at home. I got it running across like three clouds. I got, I got too much Kubernetes, but I don't have a lot of Linux desktops. So so tell yeah. tell the folks listening what what is Project Bluefin. Let me back up. <laughs> we needed a more reliable Linux desktop, and uh, I'd spent like a decade canonical on Ubuntu and things like that. And Fedora yeah. had this amazing image-based cloud native workflow that I really love. So I fused the two things together and called that Project Bluefin, which is like a modern OS that has like atomic updates. And like, we try to make the OS, um, you know, as clean and out of the way for you. There's no like system package management, you know, mm-hmm. and then the rest uh, you just run in containers. So Ubuntu, Debian, you know, whatever thing you have, you could just run that natively on, on your desktop. And it just becomes this like incredibly cloud native desktop experience. And, um, because we work in cloud, it's like your server, your desktop, like your desktop just becomes another edge device, Mm -hmm. like all your other work stuff, you know? So is this like an evolution of core OS? I mean, is is that what we're talking about where you have your, your base OS that is just, you know, you, you don't touch it. Yeah, yeah. the The team developing this tech is actually the CoreOS team. A lot. Okay. Of yeah, so some of the flat flat pack folks, or or not flat pack, uh, uh, flat car. Uh, some of the same people, or uh, no these these would be more of the uh, Fedora Red Hat side of the house. Okay. Okay. Flat car would be the original CoreOS. <laughs> the original CoreOS. Yeah. Right. Right. That got that is still around as flat car Linux, which is based on AB updates and system D system extensions. Mm-hmm. Whereas CoreOS is based on OS tree, uh, which is the method that we use. We just decided to do it for the desktop because there's clusters in production that kind of run this way already, you know, because right, it's just cloud right. native tech. So um, doing it as a desktop was something that was always very interesting to me because the, one of the problems that Linux desktop has is like, it's always just been an unreliable, not awesome experience and like the whole packaging mess and and all of this stuff. And it's almost like, Man, I just want an image-based thing like my Android device, and then give me an open-source equivalent of an app store, right? So, so yeah. So, and then so when you good say, to go, right? Yes. So when things are container-based, is it like per application is a container, or yeah? So the uh, graph the the graphical applications are run via Flatpak, um, okay. and that that uses uh, OS tree technology in it. So it's a similar approach. Um. One of the benefits of them doing the OS tree approach natively is they get nice delta diffs and things like that for updates. Whereas mm-hmm. we use a container based approach, so you get like the entire layer every day. So we're kind of waiting for container diffs to now become a thing, so that you know we can get those down to more reasonable levels. But so that's the crash course in the history of core OS and its derivatives. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm just trying to think like so. So you know, I you know. If Scandal says it may be, I use Mac OS as my desktop. 
Right. Um, and and I've got a whole bunch of Debian in in my house. Um, right. You know, all all my home servers are, are Debian or you know Arbian or. Um, so I mean, if 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 uh, I I have previously, I've run you know Gen two and Arch on my my yep. game game box, which currently has an empty hard drive. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Um, how, how different would this be for me? If, like coming from from Arch, if if so, I get my OS. You yep. know, I, I I run the the uh, the Bluefin installer, which you know puts down the the very base OS. Does that include yep. the window manager? Yep. Or yep. or, or X so or, or Wayland or you know, yep, whatever yep. it might so be. You get Wayland with an X um, backup, uh, and mm-hmm. then the desktop is GNOME. Uh, but I've tweaked it from Fedora to feel more like a Mac and the Ubuntu okay. style. So uh, we put a dock at the bottom. We put the app indicators on top because default GNOME is like full screen. And it has like an overlay and there's like mm-hmm. touch gestures. It's cool, but like, you know, a lot of people just want, you know, make it look like a Mac. So it's like, fine, nice. you win. You know? <laughs> well, my, my Mac doesn't look like a Mac. So, so yeah. the, I might, I might be the weird one, but yeah. Uh, uh, so I, I like to put my, my dock on the left because I'm on a, me really too. Ultra, I'm on an ultra wide. So I love the yeah, unity yeah. style. My, my dock is, is way over to the left and yeah. uh, I've got, I got three monitors, but uh, yeah, that's where yeah. I put mine. Yep. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's basically what it is. The cooler parts of this for I think your audience is how we build the thing because mm-hmm. we had to create universal blue in order to make this. And, okay. What what is um, universal blue? Base images. So if if Project Bluefin is like the final product, right? That's like you're from PostgreSQL, right? Like um if an OS is going to come in an in in an OCI container, right? It's going to have okay. a base image. So right. um so we had to create what we call the universal blue base images, which are they grab upstream Fedora and then we matrixed out all of the desktops. Okay. Um, so that you can have a KDE base image, a GNOME base image, uh, an image called base with no DE. So you can add, you know, the idea there is you would from that, right? Mm-hmm. And then add whatever tiling window you your own, have. Like, right, you right. Know, yep. And because bring. the right, and because the whole thing is image based. You can always rebase between any of these systems, right? So, like, the whole idea of like reinstalling, you know, yeah, 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 and as opposed to traditionally just app get installing another desktop because then you can never like untangle them again. You just have an atomic rebase to the KDE branch of yeah that image. So, so it's so, that kind of workflow. Okay, well, um, I mean, one of the one of the like his- historical issues with with Linux desktops is audio uh, yeah. or yeah, <laughs> audio or, or or in the case you know video uh, things like that. I mean, yep. do do all these desktop environments? Uh, do they just magically get it from the underlying OS and they all just work? Or you know, what's what's the story? I I think it depends. Like that's the reason I just recommend to most people like use GNOME or KDE, right? Use the mm-hmm. ones that most people because like KDE is shipping on a Steam Deck and that's an actual commercial device. Yeah, so like you, you know they have to care and that kind of. <laughs> like that's a, that's a safe choice for you you know right um and there's enough people who use gnome that like i don't really have usually like on hacker news when people are writing cynical comments about projects like this right mm-hmm, it's like mm-hmm. the problem with the linux desktop and then they describe their perfectly honed arch install for the past 10 years and it's yeah like, yeah well that, that, that's work. me and it's just I'm like, perfectly honed yes you know also if you just leave it the way it came <laughs> Yeah, stuff always like there's part of me that it's like all right fine you know i think You'll that's the, um, 
<laughs> it's interesting because you and I, like we've, we've been through this like open source, like you've been around, you and I have been around long enough to kind of see the explosion of open source into like cloud native and all this stuff. Right. And mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. very interesting to me. It's like earlier in my career, like I used to think that a lot, right. It's like, nope, this is going to be my specialized config, you know, da, 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 my freedom, you know, that's the power of the user. And you kind of had this naive Linux attitude towards life. Oh yeah. 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 And now you're just like, uh, these defaults Who makes the best are pretty one good. These? Who yeah. makes the best yeah. one of these? Who's oh, got the best defaults? Okay. All right. And yeah. who's going to maintain it? <laughs> I am willing to make sacrifices. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that's, someone's maintained it. Absolutely. Right? <laughs> that, that's something we talk about on the podcast a lot is what we right. call the, the, de- the, the defaults lifestyle. Yeah. Where it's like, you yeah. know, who's got the yeah. best defaults lifestyle where I don't have to make any choices and stuff just works. That's what I kind of yeah, want. Yeah. And I kind of right. feel like, you know, especially in desktop has this like disease, I think. Um, if you really want to help contribute to an open source project, like just run the defaults and then like keep that stuff well tested. You know what I mean? Like, like <laughs> yeah, I yeah. try to run defaults for everything just because <laughs> coming here, Bluefin's basically like, you know, I slice and dice the GNOME desktop like up and down <laughs> right right different extents like you can you have know. any crazy thing you want but the defaults are best yeah 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 so i kind of definitely took at a an approach there but what i like about this pattern and why fedora chose the cloud native pattern is um making these choices is just an atomic operation so anyone you can from whatever and anyone could just like the fossil matter if, like people could just get what they want and they can always get what they want atomically you know yeah and yeah. then it's like it all of a well, sudden becomes a non-issue and is- and and if 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 you've got something esoteric like you know way back in the, the old days um there was uh the enlightenment desktop right and it was crazy opinionated and had all sorts of like graphical oh man you know, i love mine yeah 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 and yeah. it was it was it was just over the top but you know very finicky, very broken. And I, I could just think like if there was a way to get like, hey, here it is. It just works. Don't touch it. Yeah. Um, that would have been something. I wish but someone said I was take... always recompiling it. <laughs> yeah. I wish someone would take you blue and do like a uh, like just a throwback a crazy spin, version. Yeah. Right. Like where yeah. it's like I'm running. It looks just like CDE. Like I, some nerd somewhere doing like a PC in an old Sun hardware case would totally run that thing. You know what I mean? Like. Um, yeah. And they're like, not that hard, to, but you know, some are more well-maintained than others. Right. So I always can. Yeah. So, so it, I mean, um, I guess table stakes, it's, uh, it's x86, but also now supporting arm. Uh, is that the case? Yeah. So the only reason we're not doing arm builds is because we don't have the hardware. Uh, no, we actually don't have the expertise. Oh. Um, Equinex metal has been a supporter of the project in the early mm-hmm. days. So um, we actually have a, it's like the slow one, the Ampere box, the 72 core. How is that like, slow? 72 no, cores? That, that's the slow one. They make one that's like way fat, like a hundred. Oh yeah. 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 They, they, or something. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, well, you know, yeah. uh, we've had uh Peter Pulo on the show. Um, oh, and he's okay. now over at Ampere, right? He's yeah. one of their Devro guys. So, yeah. um, so that's what Equinex gives you and you just, you need more. Yeah. Like, we we have it. It's like, does anyone know how to make arm builds? And it's like, uh, you know, okay, so well, I've I've kind of had a standing job order. If if any of your audience wants to get arm bills, well, maybe maybe I'll go talk to Peter. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> we'll, we'll go hang out over the Ampere Devrel yeah. channel because there's a lot of uh, open source folks there. Yeah, and this should make you also happy. 
if you're a Linux nerd, but you have yeah. a Mac, yeah. yeah, and you saw that Asahi Linux, I'm 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 a I'm a Patreon supporter of Asahi. Okay, so yeah. Eric Curtin did a bunch of the legwork to allow us to make Bluefin images and these base images and all that stuff with this okay. model where it's like immutable and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then on Max, you have like that built-in dual boot experience. So you get like, like the uh, the Asahi Fedora spin, and then you know b- fix it. Yeah, uh, like like fix it for Bluefin. Yeah, you would have Bluefin, but it would just be based on Asahi. But the thing is, is that like everyone can have one of these now. So like, mm-hmm. and that's what excites me because the kind of people that would run Linux on their Macs are usually cloud nerds, and I need their <laughs> <Hey>! help. <laughs> and I need their it's help true. to help make this thing. <laughs> Uh, sustainable, which is not <laughs> yeah. that hard. But uh, yeah. I when, when when I did run when I did run Gen two on the desktop, it was a uh, a twelve inch power book, <laughs> which was power PC. <laughs> so yeah. so that's that's dating me a bit, but uh, yeah yeah. Um, so other esoteric form factors, uh, handheld devices, right? So you've got this running on Steam, the the little Steam consoles. Yeah, so. You know, we made the base images and I had Bluefin. Someone else mm-hmm. made Bazite, which like, I want a gaming version. I want Valve Steam OS, but like built on Fedora. And then we're going to add all the good stuff, right? Because it's like, nerds know what they want, right? They just need the tools yeah. to be able to do that. And this cloud pattern, you know, they could like, most of this project is like bash, you know, in, in a container. <laughs> in That's a for the, loop. the dirty it's secret even, of config management, right? It's, it's most not of it's even, bash. Yeah, yeah, it's just bash in a for loop. Like it's not even, like we're not even hiding that, you know? Right. Right. But that does make it because the end image is immutable. You know, it does make it, you know, hey, as long as the thing built, you know, that that thing is going to be on the image. So that kind of yeah. just by so, the very so, nature, it's more reliable than like your traditional, you know, you ever upgrade in Ubuntu box major versions. Right. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's that's I actually have on my to do list for like post Christmas is upgrade all my Debian boxes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm not yeah. looking forward to it because, it's yeah. you know, uh, yeah. A yeah. bunch of sketchy arm stuff, but uh, yeah. But the nice thing is, you'd still get your Debian because the way we roll is, and that's why I wanted to bring up that prompt terminal. Is mm-hmm. a lot of us now these days are running uh, distro images uh, as a container on your desktop. So when you open your terminal, you're just in a container. So okay, Bluefin ships in Ubuntu container. So when you're sitting next to me on the plane and I'm app get installing stuff, it looks like I'm using Ubuntu, and I am. I'm just in a container but my host OS is actually Fedora and they're decoupled entirely. So my development workflows, and that could be whatever you want, right? So if you like Arch, run Arch, right? You can even install graphical apps in there and they'll export but, right onto your desktop. It's nuts. I mean, so, so that that kind of, so you're running the container, you're running a container on the host OS. So I guess you don't have to worry about like the base, you know, libc or, well, I guess you get, you know, anything. libc, you know, anything. You, yeah. you don't have to worry about like kernel, Kernel level stuff that just is there, and you yeah yeah like if you you name inside the container, it will still yeah. show the Fedora kernel, but you're in the Ubuntu okay cloud. Okay, just just don't case. you know apt install a new kernel and you'll be okay. Or uh, uh, I I just don't I don't think it'll do anything. I think you'll still shell in. Okay, because yeah. it's like there's some you know I've never actually tried that. <laughs> this is the kind of things. This is why yeah. I shouldn't work in QA. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Yeah, so so pro- you mentioned prompt. Prompt is a new terminal. Yeah. So when I'm describing, imagine what it's like to run a Linux container as your Unix user space, right? Like when you open yeah. your terminal, it's there. That's where your PHP is. That's like where your stuff is. 
Mm-hmm. Right now, imagine that could be container images, and think of all the cloud patterns, derivatives, like the ability to just do whatever you want. It's like kick ass, right? And it's portable, shareable, or whatever. But it needed to be built into the terminal that could talk directly to the container runtime, mm-hmm. so that like the UX is just transparent. Because right now, we open a terminal and you have to type distrobox enter Ubuntu, and then right, now right. you're confused whether you're on the host or you're on the, and like people just weren't getting it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, um, that, I I have that in my PS one, so it's always telling me where I am, so I'm never right. confused. <laughs> yeah. So this guy Christian Herger, who could, it's just an amazing coincidence. They've been putting in a ton of work on like performance of the GNOME and GTK stack for like terminals and displaying text real fast because you know terminals are all the rage in Linux, yeah, in, in yeah. Unix, in Macs, and everybody's all about terminals lately. Like I saw Again. a cool one yeah. with AI and. You know, and they're yeah. all GPU accelerated, right? And they're all about latency. So, like, this guy was the engineer doing all of that work. Okay. And then he built the terminal. So, it's like the perfect, you know, and the performance is not like, you know, it's it's going to be up there so, with, with the other ones. So, it's, he just built the perfect ter- cloud. So, I, I'm assuming he's got a day <laughs> job at like, you know, Red Hat or, you know, yeah, Canonical yeah. or something like that. Yeah, he's but, a Red Hatter. Yeah. Okay. Where, yeah. who's, who's it, which of the distros are excited about what you guys are doing? You know, who's thinking, you know, who who are you talking to? Who's like, you know, you, you're doing a bunch of crazy stuff here, but we like it. Oh, we want to commercialize it. Well, the server people already like, this has been kind of a common pattern, right? Like, yeah. Like I just accept before this call, I accepted a, a PR to update a Talos Linux on the CNCF landscape, right? Like, okay. Yeah. Um, so like, and that thing's been around forever. Original yeah. core OS is what that's like OG, you know, contain birth of container stuff, right? Like, mm-hmm. So like that pattern's been popular. I have definitely been contacted by people with money. I don't understand like the amount of companies <laughs> that have gone into desktop Linux and like just lost money. Like, you know how much money Mark Shuttleworth has wasted on the Linux desktop? Oh yeah. I mean, like yeah. his personal fortune, not even like, well, you know, you know it's well, like, back, back when I was in college, I actually interviewed uh, to work at Progeny. Um, <laughs> do you remember that? You know, the one of the first to try to commercialize Debian. Yeah. Um, back, yeah. Back in the old, old days. Yeah. There was but, a bunch of those back then. There was, um, what was the other one? United? No. Started with a U. United, United Linux was a thing. That was a uh, thing. Yeah. But there was a Debian one in particular right before Ubuntu. It was the Bruce Perrins one. I think it was. But he was. Or, was or no. Yeah. Yeah. That was. Oh, no, no, no. There was one that was, they had the pizza boxes that, that were, um, there was a desktop one and then there was like a, a small ISP telco one. I need to, someone's got a, someone surely has done a good Debian YouTube video history. Oh, I, you know, Wiki, uh, Wikipedia has, has it for sure. Oh, but, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a history of, of Debian forks, I'm sure. Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, there, there's, um, it goes back a ways and yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but, but you, I mean, you were at Ubuntu or you were at Canonical for a long time. How, how did you, how did you get to Canonical? I mean, what was your background? Like, Hey, I'm no, a, I was a, a, a at, a, at a university and yeah. I've been doing, I've been doing work community wise. I was in the community. And back then if you did community work, you could get sponsored to go to a Ubuntu developer summit. And they were like some of the coolest events like ever. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I knew everyone in open source, like wanted to go to those things, you know? Yeah. Like it was a really accessible way for, I think, a new generation of people to be able to contribute. Right. Because back before then, it's like, if you don't know the Debian secret code, 
you know. I I barely knew the Debian secret code. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> and I almost got tricked into being a yeah. uh, maintainer for for MIPS. Yeah, it's like <laughs> I feel useless in Debian, but I could be useful in Ubuntu. That's like good right. enough for me, you know. Yeah. So and so so you joined up at Canonical doing, you know, essentially what we call DevRel today. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I I would say it was more community management because I think back okay. then. Like one thing that was different back then is we focused a lot more on managing the communities. And I th- mm-hmm. think there was no DevRel jobs back then, right? Where I think if we were to do that today, right, I would be a community manager doing my community management stuff. But then the DevRel would be an extension of that community doing things like technical demos. Um, right, right. All the stuff that Mar- explains Mar- yeah, marketing what you want to build. And, yeah. Yeah, right. Like it's like, all right, so... A lot of you are asking, you know, why we chose this piece of technology. Well, you know, I'm here with blah, 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 the engineer, whatever, you know, over the course of the next hour, we're going to learn how the internal cores of this project works or whatever. Right. And then you're like, you know, but you can have that kind of high level discourse with your audience. Right. And that's, I feel like that's been missing a lot in like the Linux desktop, right? There's still, <laughs> still a lot of yelling going well, on but, here about for yeah. like no reason and for stuff. I'm just like, man, we could be actually fixing this because a lot of times we can't to answer your audio question, right? It's like um, just getting it to a reliable state on Linux friendly hardware. Like this fixes that, right? Because then it will be the exact thing that the manufacturer wants, right? That's why we have a framework image, right? It's that little Mm -hmm. tweak just didn't make it into the distro or whatever, but you can have, you can crowdsource the solution to that and then just ship it as part of the image, you know? So that like OEM perspective is like, okay, when there is quirky hardware, like you have an Asus laptop, yeah. right? Transparently in the background, I would love to just have you on the Asus image, which we make that, you know, the other people that have that laptop, right? We just give them a framework to be able to say, and this is the same crap they'd be posting in a forum anyway, right? So, you, you know, right, give, them, right. give them an empty folder to shove the fixes in instead, you know, and then well, we just I- fix the laptop for everybody. And yeah, I mean, you'd like to see that from your your hardware providers. I mean, I, yeah. I run you know some of these you know sketchier ARM and 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 MIPS or uh, Risk Five devices, right? And yeah, you're getting everything from the vendor because you know nobody can build it themselves. But you know that might be okay um, if yeah. you know if I had that that base image and then I can just put whatever I want on top of it. Yeah. Um, knowing that somebody cares about that base image working because, because right now, yeah, you're right. It's right. You know, if, if you're using ASUS, it's the wild west, I, I guess. You know, right. Framework's pretty good for that, but yeah. Um, and well, the great thing is, is like the pattern, right. Where like, I would love to be able to pitch to ASUS, right. They're like, Hey, you have a the community of Linux users. A, we would show them metrics because now we're smart. We're going to measure yeah. those, you know? Um, but then we would, um, you know, it's like, we literally just want a GitHub repository where your enthusiasts are going to give you the best experience possible for your hardware. And that's how open source works. Right. Mm-hmm. And then like all of the stuff they would have to do to enable that they 100% have the expertise already to do in house because that's how their infrastructure works anyway. Right. They have a bunch of cloud nerds. So, yeah, you know, or, or, it's like this virtuous cycle that I'm hoping, you know, OEMs don't have to be sold on this model. Like, you know, like they've been doing this, with yeah. every Linux except desktop Linux, like this entire time. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I, I think mean, it's exciting you, for them. You could almost, I mean, if you squint, you can see somebody building a business out of it. Um, I know the over on the you know the embedded side, like the RMBN folks, yeah, have tried that, 
right? Where they're like, hey, here's here's a matrix of you know <laughs> 150 different devices, and yeah. 20 of these are officially supported. Um, and you can pay us to do it, or you know, we have volunteers who will do them, and you could kind of set that up. Yeah. Is it is it you know uh, Linux uh, Linux laptops.net or whatever it used to be? You know, yeah, kind of the same thing. Yeah. in the image. Yeah, yeah. So the way I want to make this sustainable is like, first of all, you know, I'm so busy with the cloud stuff. You know, the yeah. very idea of a desktop startup is so not <laughs> not awesome for me right I, now. I'm, like, I'm good at pitching know? ideas to other you people know? for them to do. Yeah, we're literally at the birth of AI. I do not need the Linux desktop like distracting me right now. With its shiny, yeah. shiny tools. So shiny. Um, oh man, what was I going to say? Uh, so <laughs> yeah, how it's a great business idea, and you're yeah, and, yeah, and I you're, guess. you've got your pitch deck, right, right. And... But like, it was definitely more interesting is if we make the thing sustainable, so the community can maintain it itself, right? Yeah, yeah. Like that's how you make it sustainable because you know, at the end of the day, like, let's be realistic. Like, ain't no, ain't. None of our friends are sitting there rushing to like install the Linux desktop, right? And this is like right. the first step of fixing that pipeline, you know, of getting deliver like secure, fast, topical updates, all the stuff that like the Linux distros will actually do, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I think that will enable a bunch of stuff to get fixed. So in the meantime, it's like, well, um, why can't we just give people the opportunity to say, I have the same laptop as you. We give them the framework. And the thing is, is all the skills that they're learning by doing this are like the same skills that we use in, in cloud native, right? Like when you do a PR, right. there's a build and there's like, it flunks. We have to maintain our dependabot things, you know, like we're doing and, all and the you, same. Yeah. And, and yeah. some of this already exists, like with the the handhelds, so with the, the Bazide stuff, right? I mean, that's, yeah. to me, that's like the easy, the, it seems kind of wonky, but it's also like a perfect sample of like, you know, anybody who's going to crack one of these open you know, yeah. they're going to have the exact same hardware as, you know, yeah. 500 other, you know, Steam handheld users. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we've been around a while. Yeah. Right. But like no one, at, other than the engineers who thought I was cool, like no one at Red Hat ever returned my emails. Right. Until <laughs> as I got working on the Steam Deck. Right. Yeah. And they weren't even the first Fedoras. There was like other distros that had done that. But the fact that we had used a cloud pattern. Right. Cause I've always been arguing with them. You know, it's like, hey, man, it's just another edge device. Yeah, you've done all the work, tie it all together. Please just give me a few more desktop to I may I need <laughs> well I mean I, need this I, much. So I assume like the upstream you know, Fedora's always been fairly receptive to Yeah, yeah, they've been yeah, amazing enhancements yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean and, you know, knock them all you want, but I, I think I think the Fedora is the, the you know one of the best parts of, of Red Hat. Yeah. <laughs> it's dude, it's good. Like I've yeah. used every I've used every Linux. I've used Linux since 1994. And yeah. this is like, this is like, I've used every single one, like everything, the audience, the cynical, well, it's not better than my, like I've run, I'm at, so I'm at the, it's no yellow dog. Late, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm at the late stage of my career here now. I've done late it all, stage Linux, you know, and this is the one, this is the final form, right? It looks, it looks something like this. Cause like, um, you still get access because you got that transparent access to, yeah. Debian, Ubuntu, like anything that has a container image. So, and now instead of dealing with packages, you know, it's like I needed to play with PyTorch, right? I just grab the PyTorch container and interact with it directly, Mm -hmm. right? Right, When I'm done with it, I throw away. And the nice thing is, it's like, oh no, I need a bigger GPU. Boom, you toss it in your cloud. Yeah, your cloud account using the same image, man. It's like freaking awesome, you know? So like, that's um, that's really 
pretty pretty compelling. So so how much how 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 does this show up in your day job? Yeah, uh, I mean obviously this is a labor oh. love, but do you get to do any of this? Does any of this relate back to to your so day job? Actually, I I think I was tricked by the guy. You know, Jeff, Jeffrey Sika, who kind of was like recruited me into the CNCF. He had been following yeah. along what I'm doing. And like, uh, I mean, you work in the industry, you know, like sustainability is like a really big issue right now in open source. Mm-hmm. And like, how do we get more people in, you know, and I see people who are trying to get Linux working on their Steam Deck, right? That's like the kind of people that's us, right? So, yeah. you know, like the very first introduction to technology is like through your computer, like your hands, it's the local device. It's like supposed to be important. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like getting started into tech is learning this stuff. Right. And if you can figure out how to make a custom image to change your wallpaper. Right. But it helps you understand how to make a get commit message that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So that, like when you do it, like why not have that be an opportunity for folks to get into, into cloud native, especially since it can save old laptops, man. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like it's so good from an actual sustainability standpoint as well. Yeah. Right. And each one of those will have a container runtime on there because. And so, and so by, by getting folks familiar with the patterns around containers and, yeah. you know, you know, squinting, you know, virtualization to containers, to working with images, to, you know, yeah. get workflows. It um, just becomes a transparent part of like your Unix experience. Right. Okay. You know, it's like the, yeah. you know, and uh, it's, you find like some of your differences or whatever and opinions just like don't matter anymore. You know, like people are still <laughs> arguing, well, I like to, I get version of this from this version of this from this. I was like, I can get it. I can get anything from everywhere I want. So like, yeah, I don't know. I just default to Ubuntu unless I, you know, there's a reason I, to. I, yeah. I yeah. don't have to make any hard decisions because, you know, I can switch pretty fast. Yeah. Um, what do you use? Use brew. You're a Mac guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Definitely. Definitely use use homebrew for for most stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, I've just got you know because I, I was kind of taking a, a mental inventory of of my you know of my workflow, right? And right. it's like, yeah, I brew most stuff. Um, yeah, I you know I'm running still running Docker Desktop because you know it's a Mac and you know it's pretty easy. Uh, it's good stuff. Yeah, and then um, yeah, so I, I run a fair number of. Most of the Docker images I run are related to like just builds and, and running Kubernetes. Right. Um, right. And then uh, yeah, I, I'm still using just kind of directory based builds where, you know, I'll, I'll you know, CD into a directory. And, and I, I know it's like, I, I know I should be using containers yeah. in, instead of just like, you know, CD into, you know, the, the UI and, and NPM build or, you know, NPM start. Cause yeah, yeah. I've been burned by that many times. Um, yeah. But uh yeah, it's it's just, you know, getting getting those newer workflows together cuz it's it's also like well then I, you know, does my IDE or my uh, editor have access to all those containers and everything yeah. and you know. Yeah, that's definitely uh, a stumbling point for people which that's why we have to have a DX image cuz I had to layer VS code to make a lot of pain go away. Yeah, yeah. Well so, that's yeah, that's kind of where I'm coming from is like I go back and forth between AMAX and VS Code. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I can't go all in on VS Code. I just can't. I, I, yeah. like, I've tried. Um, but but then, like, as, as I jump between workspaces, you know, it, it, it you know, depending on where I am, I might be doing Go or, or you know, yeah. Node or, um, yeah, we're, we're even Ruby. Um, we're more yeah. strongly uh, recommending dev containers these days because 
all the tools that we ship in DX use it. Yeah. So VS Code does. Um, DevBox, which is a Nix thing that we should, like if you want Nix, we have that set up for you. But it can export to Dev, to Dev containers. So I have a guy who's like, I'm the only person on the team who uses Nix, but I want to use Nix. So I use a Dev container export so I can work with my team and everyone just goes through a Dev container. And that's what DevPod uses. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like this really cool, it's just like this really cool spec. And I was just hanging out with with Craig, who's one of the dev container guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Craig Peters. Yeah. Uh, because it's just like almost like the modern make file, right? Like I just need this to work and like literally anything else in this repo could be broken. I can deal with, but like, exactly. You know, exactly. I give me my single, you know, modern equivalent of make is, you know, just make and then everything is perfect. You know, yeah. give me that in a container. Um, yeah, that 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 is definitely you know kind of the uh, the utopia, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, but but speaking of utopias, you're uh, you, you're now you're you're working at the CNCF. Your your job is to make things better for everyone who's a maintainer. What what uh, yeah? What is your day to day job? There's like 174 CNCF projects. So yes, um, <laughs> everything from like process to whatever. So. The whole thing is organized through like a governed body. It's called the talk and that's like the committee and there's like committees and stuff and subcommittees and there's like this whole governance structure. I don't want to go into it because like really, really boring. <laughs> yeah. But the idea there is like um, figure out how to take the lessons learned and be able to take the things that we learned from scale, right? Like the reason you get together with a bunch of people is so that you can share processes, learn, you know, learn best practices, learn from each other, build a community, mm-hmm. you know, do all the good open, you know, when people say what's open source, it's like that stuff. Right. Open so, so your, your job is like hard. Keep things. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> it's like it's, so hard. It's to yeah. keep things moving. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, but also some, some evangelism on the side you get to go uh, to conferences, you get to. Yeah. Yeah. So a third of my job is projects. A third is going to be traveling to conferences kind of, you know, speaking of my experiences, um, a lot of it is informational now because I, I didn't realize this when I took the job actually is like, if you're a cloud native nerd, you kind of know what's going on, even though you kind of can't know everything that's going on, you know, general, right. you can, you know, you can do that enough. And then sometimes you forget that there's an entire other world that still, this is very foreign to them. So stuff that yeah, seems so yeah. simple, you know? Oh, for sure. They're like, yeah. I mean, when I used to work at configuration management, our, our biggest competition was like people doing things by hand. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it yeah. wasn't other tools. And so now like, you know, Oh, here we are, you know, three, four years later. I'm like, Oh, so now I have to explain, you know, container based desktops to people. Uh, yeah. you know, cause uh, you know, it's the stuff is amazing, but I mean, I, I yeah. was arguing today with, with my kids about needing to back up their desktops and they were like, we don't have to, everything's taking care of us in the cloud today. And I was yeah. just like, you're killing me. Um, I know. But, you know, education. It's, uh, yeah. Well, we're dependent on the cloud too, but like the final artifact runs on your computer. Yeah. That yeah. makes you feel better. <laughs> <laughs> so, it definitely makes yeah. me feel better. But yeah. Uh, One of the great benefits of like running, running your desktop as a community this way is like when there's a uh, regression upstream, we just pin the version <laughs> in GitHub like you would, you know, like you would your, any other any, open source any, yeah, project, any other thing, right? Yeah. Your like, your desktop oh. becomes an open source project, right? Yeah. Like, and you do that when you realize, um, 
it's like when we're earlier, we're very much about like, I'm going to have my own personalized thing. And it's like, it'll be amazing. Da, 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 da. Now that we're older, it's like, who makes the best one of these? Yeah. Right. Like, who's, who's, okay. who's got the one that works? Okay. And... George has done this before. Sounds good enough. Like, all right, he's got like four people to make sure it doesn't fall off the rails. Good enough. Let's go. Like, you know, that's why that's... people run the leanest kernel, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's exactly. not going to break it, is he? Yeah. 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 Exactly. Plus the cool part is that, you know, anyone can make one of these. So it really becomes supply and demand. Like, you know what I mean? Like it just kind of, and they're all fedora technically. So all the stuff that matters is shared. So you kind of avoid that fragmentation, right? Where it's like people are going totally different directions. Mm-hmm. Like UX yeah. wise, you can do that now, but be like, you know, fine. Fedora is going to be the kernel I get from whatever. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to get my, my Red Hat supplied kernel with uh, system D like everybody else. And that's yeah. right, man. You got to get all <laughs> in on the system D. <laughs> I so yeah. stopped arguing about that so long ago. I don't even argue yeah. about package management. I don't argue about anything. I'm just like, yeah. we're out of things. We, we fixed. We did it, Matt. We fixed the Linux system. I, <laughs> <laughs> you, you've got me convinced. No, okay, so uh, so I've got. Right. I've, it's better I've what got, we have now. That's for sure. Oof. Yeah, yeah. So I've got my uh, I've got my AMD something or other machine here with like I think it's got like 64 gigs of RAM. So. Yeah. Uh, so how do I get started? I just go to Bluefin and, and yeah, an so I have a link on there. Our, our weakest link is our installer. Actually, we have people, uh, Red Hatters included who are like doing a lot of work upstream to get us a better, better installer. Cause mm-hmm. that's like the last thing, uh, keeping that. And that's something that Fedora is going <laughs> to need anyway. It's the first so. thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's splatting an OCI container onto the disc, right? So your installer mm-hmm. just has to do that now instead of. Remember before no, they're no. designed to do like per package installs, so it's like a different. Now this back-end. is my gaming box. I, I can yeah. dual boot. Yeah, I'm gonna get some grub action in there, and so I recommend <laughs> separate discs and not. Dual oh yeah, boot yeah, yeah. Separate so discs. they don't touch. Yes. I've got so. I've got two two SSDs in here, and uh, or NVMe, yep, yep. In, NVMe, and I don't recommend doing the grub thing. I would just hit F8 or whatever it is on your motherboard to go into the yep. BIOS. Actually, okay. in Bluefin, I provide a shortcut called just bios you type just mm. space bios and it will boot you courtesy of system d into your bios and then from there i just boot into windows so whenever i need to boot into windows um i just bios and then it reboots and i pick windows and, and i'm sure running running windows is just so you can use teams right no man i, <laughs> I i'm a gamer i i still play destiny it's like one of the last games that doesn't run no on i know i know it's like my, There's a, it, my it's not well supported life. on the uh the steam deck yet no, because Bungie, uh, they're not, they haven't turned on the Linux anti cheat. So oh, it has to be yeah, opt yeah, yeah, in yeah. by the publisher, and they've chosen not to do that. Gotcha. Even gotcha. though there's a Linux version that they shipped in Stadia. Can you believe the irony? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I, you know, what I do is um, it's a Windows, to, it's what's called a Windows to go installation, which you can do with a Rufus USB stick for you Windows users. I think I, I, think I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you install it the external usb and then i have one cable and then you boot off of it so like it's a portable windows install yeah just on your us and i set that up and then whenever i need it you know and then sometimes i don't boot into it for whatever so yeah it's nice it's self-contained and yeah and you can always just you know slap in a, a new new os or a new uh 
external storage you can upgrade it later yeah 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 that and everything's sense. fast like like i run the whole my whole gaming os off a usb c drive that sounds like heresy but it's like amazing <laughs> that does sound bad <laughs> yeah yeah i'm only doing it for one game every uh on my daily i've got that samsung 990 yeah i've got that yeah yeah, yeah. that's that's my yeah, daily it's a, driver it's a good one okay well uh you know it's it's been great catching up and and learning are we at the more. end already <laughs> i don't know I, <laughs> I you know i i my my kids are like banging around making lunch and i'm, I'm i yeah 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 but yeah but, check uh, it check check it out and like I'm looking for Linux nerds. We're like designing Linux nerds. Yeah. We're like designing like a dynamic message of the day system. We just want to get, I'm designing like a perfect little distro box with like Wolfie with a homebrew for Linux, Uh but containerized for you. So it doesn't clutter your host. So you can have your Mac. Cause I really like homebrew now. I was like, yeah. So you do, you'd use, you'd use homebrew with Wolfie. That seems sacrilegious. (laughs) Well, we, we put homebrew on the host before. But then that conflicts with system libraries, so it has to be in a container. And Wolfie's the closest that we can get to an actual undistro. So they only give me homebrew and then all that weird, you know, it's in like slash home slash dot Linux brew and stuff. All that Mm -hmm. stuff then just stays in the container and your system's nice and clean. Uh, But Mm -hmm. you're getting all your CLI apps and we have the prompt terminal. When you open it, you're already in it. Like it feels like you're on your host, right? Mm -hmm. But then you have that nice flexibility you can create as many as you want you can fork them you can you know i assemble mine in ci remotely so they just like always come perfect you know like you can do whatever you want whatever you would do with automation at work so if you're into that that's the kind of person <laughs> it, it does sound it does sound time intensive <laughs> yeah it does it does so but but you know but the uh the you only uh, got to do it once I uh, yeah, I was gonna say, you know, <laughs> it's it's all gonna be kept in source control and uh you know, yeah, you can pin everything and you know it does have the advantages down the road. That's what we always told people with config management, just like yeah, you know. yeah, and we're going slow and steady. People just PR tiny little fixes here and there because it's just dot files, you know, like it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be, you know, at the end of the day, like the the, the long term maintenance is what you want, right? And you're gonna customize it to exactly how you want it, but you know. That's that's the design goal that we're shooting for. So cool. thanks for having me on, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. And uh, you know, hopefully hopefully our, our listeners will turn into you know new hordes of bluefin users and uh, bluefin or make your own. <laughs> that's why we made base images for you. So yeah. If you want to do your own thing, I got you. It. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, if people want to learn more about uh about Bluefin, about you know, about George Castro, uh about everything else you're up to, what uh, where should they go? Um, probably my GitHub page, GitHub.com slash CastroJO, and I link to I link to everything there. You link uh, to everything, pro- from yeah, GitHub. and then it's yeah. ProjectBluefin.io. We'll get you there eventually as well. Okay, well, I appreciate you coming on the show today, and uh, look forward to catching up with you sometime in the future. All right, thanks, thanks a lot. Welcome to Software Defined Talk, and uh, today I'm George. I'm da, blah, blah, blah. Sorry, we're going to start over. We're doing nerdy <laughs> shit. So. <laughs>